Hey guys, welcome to the show, Entrepreneurs on Fire for Christ. We have another great episode for you coming today. We're so excited about what God is doing out in the marketplace. We help you launch, grow, and scale your companies. And the way that we do that, we bring on special guests that are going to speak life into you and bring that fire just to help you evangelize in the marketplace and help you build your company. So I want to introduce you to our special guest today. His name is Brian Phillips. And he has a, a, a ministry and a podcast, and the guy is just a fireball for God. So um, I'm going to turn it over to you, Brian. His name is Brian Phillips. His company name is, well, he has a church called The Grove Fellowship, and he has a podcast also called Grace Ops. So I had an opportunity to be on his podcast, and man, it was just, we just had so much of a good time. And I just want to um, just in, thank you for coming. Thank you for showing up. And um Go ahead and you can, I, I can just give it over to you for a few minutes and then we'll just kind of, you know, lay back and have a conversation. Yeah, it's an honor to be here with you today. It's great to be on your, I, I loved your Entrepreneurs on Fire for Christ. It's like, you just put it right out there, man. Not hiding anything. <laughs> I've always loved that about you since I met you. Um, <clears throat> my heart and passion is to bring the kingdom of God into the earth, to bring change into the hearts of men. And when I was 17 years old, I gave my life to Christ. I was planning on being a military guy and it radically changed the direction of my life. I always had entrepreneurial fire in my heart since I was a kid. When I was younger, I, I even would tell my English teacher, I don't need to learn English because I'll have a secretary one day. <laughs> so I, I would say stuff like that just because I always knew I was wired that way. And so being a church planter is being an entrepreneur in, in, in the church realm. And then I've also started Grace Ops. This is something I really just started putting a lot of energy towards in the last year or so. And Brian, it's really how long just got a launch in church. Church is 14 years old. Wow. So yeah, we've got the Grove Church, Grove Fellowship, and then I've got Grace Ops, which is a ministry that we're aiming. It's actually a business too. I've got the LLC and the 501c3. So it's mm -hmm. both. And we're aiming that to inspire men to live upright all across the country. In such a time as this, when we're at the most epic moral decline, fatherlessness is an, is an epidemic all across the land. So we're really trying to encourage men to be the men that God created them to be by living upright and by, by embracing a righteous lifestyle and, and realizing that it's actually pretty, e it's easier than you think because grace, the grace of God is actually training us to be robust, to actually be the men that God has called us to be. So I'm passionate about trying to solve problems, and I believe that's what entrepreneurs do is that we see problems in the marketplace or in any facet of life and we create solutions and we bring those to whether it's the marketplace or the church right. church culture. So I'm trying to solve problems that I ran into through my, my upbringing in Christianity. And since my 17 years old marker, giving my life to Christ, I'm very passionate about bringing my skills, raising up teams and building things out to, to bring great impact, lasting impact, because I believe that Jesus he came to destroy the works of darkness. And so I'm very interested in that mission. If he's in me, then I should be about that same type of mission and passion. I teach people this all the time that we live between two days. We live between the first coming and the second coming. So at the first coming, Jesus actually, his heel bruises the head of the enemy. And so the enemy's defeated. But if we're also looking at what the power of a coming world is gonna bring, it's gonna bring the destruction of the enemy. So I teach we should have both taste inside of us, right? When the enemy gets around us, he should taste the cross, that defeat. And he should also be tasting utter destruction, the utter destruction that's coming to him. 
where he can have no power in me or over me. And that's what the grace of God does for us. The grace of God actually trains us in these ways. Yeah. And that's what you were thing talking like about, about daily yeah, Bible <laughs> reading. You know, I was watching one of your messages from from church and you're like, you 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 even jumped into this this word um, smeka. I think I don't know if I said yeah, that right. But you were yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about yeah. Uh, shmika, and uh, you know whether that's the Greek or the Hebrew or what. But you were talking about how um, uh, there had to be two voices, two confirming voices. And when Jesus was yeah. baptized, right? I can, can you explain that real quick to our audience? Because I tell you what, this was one of the most powerful things I've heard, and I love it how you're, yeah. you're actually breaking yeah. stuff down. Because you know the the scriptures was original written in like Hebrew and you know yeah. picture language, so we can't even really understand it until we actually dive deeper. So can you share that with us? And yeah, then I so, see that you've got a you got a sword in the background, and I know that represents <laughs> the word of God. And just freaking yeah. take the freaking excuse my language head off the enemy. We'll stomp it, but let's yeah. stab a sword in it a couple of times and just make it feel the pain. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> so hey, yeah, I got me all fired up. I'm all fired up just knowing you're on the line, man. <laughs> Well, in 2016, I was on the uh, I was in the Valley of Elah where David and Goliath actually fought. So it was a, it was actually Father's Day. I was in Israel. It was like 100 degrees outside. My kids called me. It was a powerful memory of mine. But yeah, the word shmika was from whom do you get your authority? So they would ask Jesus these questions. You know, he would do powerful things, and they would say, "Well, from whom do you get your authority?" And they were actually asking that based on you know what two witnesses have actually given you authority to to you know, have laid their hands on you and have, have accredited you to actually minister the way that you minister. That's what they would look for back in that day. So from whom do you get your anointing, your authority? And so when Jesus came up out of the waters, there's this, uh, so we got John the Baptist, who is a powerful prophetic, uh, powerful authority figure in Israel, who's at baptism saying, I'm not even worthy to untie your shoes. Mm -hmm. And then he baptizes Christ so the prophecies could be fulfilled. And then when he, Jesus comes out of the water, then we hear the second voice affirming him. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, you know, which Peter hears the Hear same him. voice at the transfiguration. You know, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him, obey him. You know, so that's, uh, yeah, so that's where Jesus got his shmika was from John the Baptist and his father in heaven, those two voices, those two voices of authority. So, and that's actually a powerful lesson we'll get into maybe later because yeah. that's one of my When you were talking about verses. just one of the things that we're just, we're both like totally on the same page. I remember the first day that we talked, you had some stuff written on your board and I'm like, we don't even want to yeah. talk about what it was because we can get a little bit carnal when we talk about the devil and, and all that junk. But the point is, is like uh, just being transformed by the renewing of your mind every single day. This is what, you know, so many churches, they don't, they don't practice some basic fundamentals of being a believer because we're born Adamic. We lean towards sin in this world. And once right. we come to Christ, right? Like the obedience is obeying what? Obeying the word, not as a legalistic standpoint, right. but understanding these are the ways of God. And the you ways gotta, of God are the yeah, same you gotta have the word. forever. You gotta yeah. be in the word. So, the word is yeah. our source of strength. You gotta, and that's where we hear the voice of our father speaking over us. And then you gotta do it in a community because the enemy's put a, lot, a big attack on the gatherings, you know, like, I don't need that. I can just do it by myself. Well, no, you can't, you can't, there's no such thing as a Christian at home by themselves watching internet resources. That's not, that's not what Jesus talked about. We can't get all our word online <laughs> on, on, on these radio stations and stuff. Well, I mean, uh, I, I promote it. It's a, it's a good resource, but it's not, that's not community. Okay. So you right. can use that stuff, but that doesn't replace 
you're supposed to be making disciples. So you're supposed to do that in your business. You're supposed to do that in your neighborhoods and your families and your church cultures. Um, If you're waiting for a perfect church, you'll never find one. You know, if you're going to church every week to get something out of it for yourself, you're going for the wrong intentions. You should be going ready to give and not receive. Yeah, that's you know? right. so, My pastor says, you know what? This church was perfect until you showed up. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just makes you feel right at home to the new new guests, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah I, I love that. Right. So, yeah. um, so what's, well, your, I, what's your favorite scripture that you can think of, Brian? Well, I have plenty of favorite scriptures. I got personal life verses that are very meaningful to me from a prophetic stance. My favorite scripture, actually, ironically, is where Grace Ops actually comes from, which is Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Actually, 13 and 14 goes on a little bit, but the, the main, the two heated areas, the, the, the heat sinking missile would be for the grace of God has appeared to bring salvation to all mankind. So we like that because we say things like saved by grace, saved by grace. It goes on and says, and trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age and it goes on to talk about being zealous for good deeds and a very powerful passage of scripture but i've always loved that passage and it's always been a favorite of mine and then um if you would have told me you know grace ops right here if you would have told me even five years ago that i would be leading a, a ministry and a company that's going to have some national impact and it would have the word grace in it. I would have told you to get out of my face. <laughs> I'd be like, forget you, man. I'm not putting grace in anything I'm naming, you know. But when I when I asked the Lord what to name this, it took a year, year and a half to to hear what the word to hear that, like you were saying, the aha moment. You know, there was a moment where I had put all this prep time in, and all of a sudden I saw it. It was like the grace of God brings salvation in the earth and trains us. And so I took that word train, I turned it into ops. You know, the operations of God's grace, because grace is under attack in this hour. You know, grace has been watered down. We haven't maintained the biblical standard of what grace actually does in our lives. And so therefore, we've got all kinds of people saying that they're Christians when they're really not. Biblically, they're not Christians and they're, they're you know, they're false believers they're false, and they're false believers in the church. And so that's my I love that scripture because grace is training me. I've always loved it. Because it trains me as a man that I get to renounce. So the word renounce means to make a formal declaration out of your mouth. So I'm going to make a formal declaration from my heart out of my mouth. And I'm going to declare that the darkness I once partnered with, I no longer partner with. It's been broken through the blood of Yeshua, through Christ. It's been broken on the cross. That enemy was defeated. Now, I allowed that enemy back in. That enemy has no power over me other than the power I allow it to have in my life. Mm-hmm. And so that's why camaraderie is so important. You know, I've got to do this with a band of brothers. I, you know, there's got to be guys that know me. I got to be able to live kind of like naked, you know, authentic. Open and see naked. through, open. Yeah, I've got to be able to, mm-hmm. hey, I struggled with this, I struggled with that. And it's, so grace trains me to be alert, to renounce ungodliness. So anything in my life that's ungodly, I get to renounce it. And it's not a one and done, man. You know, it's like you, you, we all live in different seasons and we got to draw those battle lines. So I get to renounce ungodliness and the, that worldly passion. Mm-hmm. And then I get to live. Is- yeah, then I get to live self-controlled, upright and godly. So it's actually like if you look at what you're renouncing is just two parts, but what you're living is three parts. So there's a higher emphasis on living 
And that's how you overcome the flesh is you focus more on what you're living, what you're starting, the new direction you're going. You don't just focus on what you're trying to stop because then you'll just be repeating that behavior because that's all you're yeah. thinking about. But yeah, so that that would be, I've got a lot of favorite scriptures, probably a good list of 10 at least, you know, like you do mm -hmm. probably. But um, yeah, Titus 2, 11 and 12, so so passionate inside of me, you know, that the, and, it, and it's the redeeming the purpose of grace. You know, grace is not this license to sin. It's not just like, because if you look at the Old Testament, there was grace in the law. And if you look at the New Testament, there's law in the grace. You know, I mean, you're, there's, there's law. Jesus said in the Great Commission, go teach them to obey everything I command you. Well, Jesus has commands. You know, we didn't, we don't get away from the commands of God. You know, the commands of God are his love, his loving kindness, his has said love, his, his loving boundaries of how he chases us down and yeah, and helps us to stay there. So, yeah, we've taken in, this. Yeah, go ahead, man. To tie in. I wish they had the little hand raiser thing on here. You know, <laughs> we get excited. You put two preachers together and, and like we need a button that says, I want to talk. I want to talk. Something like, hey, bro, up. take a yeah, breath. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when you were talking about like, you know, God does give us grace. And we we're talking about um, being in the word of God on a daily basis. So there's, you know, there's a lot of people listening that that haven't been discipled. So I think I just wanted to point out and just tie into that as far as like the fruit of the spirit, you know, the Bible says is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I wonder why self-control is kind of at the end. Kind of funny because it seems like that's something <laughs> we always, always continue to deal with. But it's like, when that thought comes in your mind, the scripture says to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And um, I mean, that's one of the things that is like a continual um, thing that we have to do. So when we we're being washed by the water of the word, when we're memorizing the, the scriptures, right, we understand how to take that thought captive. And I heard a man said to me one time, it was a pastor. Uh, he said, um, learn to live out of your spirit. And, you know, so many times, like we live out of our flesh. If we're not putting God first, if we're not, you know, I mean, not by works, but if we're not meditating on the things of God, I'm sorry, you're meditating on the things of this world and you are in the flesh, friends. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. and when it's all about instant gratification, what can I do right now? How can I fill that void inside? You know, look at that booty, look at that, whatever that is. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to give like that. That's too much. That kind of hurts. You know what I mean? Well, those are things that, you know, that's the flesh, you know? So it's like, yeah, the grace of God, uh, you know, leads a man to repentance, but it's like the obedience. I think the key word that you said earlier was obedience, being obedient to the word of God, as far as learning the ways of God, the ways of God are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So yeah, I just, I mean, being in the word on a daily basis, I tell you, if I'm out of the word for a couple of weeks, I'm a mess. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people ought to try to get away from me because I'll start talking shit. <laughs> I'll start, you know what I mean? I mean, that's just the yeah. truth, you yeah. know? So it's like, um, so tell us about like, what, what do you got kind of stirring up? I know you got Grace Ops going on. You've got um, the church going on. I, I watched a couple messages and you got a great worship team and you got a great church yeah. and, and um, what's, what, what kind of like, what do you feel like God is stirring up in your spirit? Like even prophetically, like, you know, I, I just, I know you flow in that because I can discern it. And like, what do you, what do you see going on? Like in the unseen right now? Well, I think it's the, the unseen realm is, is got the same type of hierarchy that our world has. And we, 
it's there's a battle in the heavenlies. I mean, we can see it in the earth, right? I mean, we can see globalism trying to swallow up the earth. Um, we can see this war of morality. And I really believe that what God is doing, what is what God, the efforts that God is, what he's doing is he's trying to awaken his people. He's trying to get our attention at deep levels. Like a, like a, a mama eagle will, you know, they build these massively glorious like nests. And you've probably heard the story about how when they want the eaglets to fly, they just little by little, <laughs> they start taking out the soft stuff, you know, and the, the cushiony stuff. And the nest becomes more uncomfortable and more prickly. And, and, oh, and eventually, nice. yeah, eventually the eaglet doesn't want to be there anymore. The, the eaglet would rather, you know, learn to fly than stay at home. And so that's how the mama eagle gets the little eaglets to move. And I believe God's doing that with this church right now. He's, he's mm -hmm. removing our comforts. He's, He's rattling us at deep levels. I mean, who would have thought that just in the swing of, of, of one quarter, how different the world is from just fourth quarter to now, you know, coming into second quarter, like who would have thought that it was that different? That would it be that different just in two quarters? And we're, we're up against things that we never thought, you know, we thought they were being held at bay, but they're, they're coming upon us now. And so, and I live in Illinois, so I, I live in a very, a terrible state, you know, when it comes from governmentally. And, and, and so I believe God is awakening his people, getting our attention to get in the word like we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Know God, build intimacy with God to actually understand what his heart is. You know, like I'm a, I'm a big Great Commission guy. Like I'm all about the Great Commission. Like the, so Titus 2.12, we've taken that and built like what we call the T, T2.12 culture, the Grace Ops culture, which includes the five-star charge and and we've really built some powerful components and we, we're really just been building. We haven't even really started launching. We're, we're just now getting into kind of like breaking the ground a little bit of like launching and getting out, getting out there kind of who we are. Um, whether we ever reach millions and millions of men, I don't really care about. It. I want to reach the right men. I want to reach the right, right, the right niche, if you will. And I do believe it's going to be a lot of, a lot of men down the road, but I want to be able to pour in our lives through resourcing them and through equipping them through different parts, the different types of things we're building to, to mm -hmm. br help bring, help them bring this into their backyard and make disciples around bonfires and burgers and, you know, yeah. and, and doing this type of stuff. So I believe that's what God's doing prophetically. I believe God's trying to awaken us. And I believe God, if, if we, the people, that's another thing that I have a hard time with. I don't know where everybody is um, in your audience on the constitution, but I happen to like the constitution, <laughs> you know, Paul actually um, right to bear arms. Yeah, Paul, Paul, well, Paul actually, when he was in prison, you know, he, 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 he pulled out the, his constitution and said, Hey, I'm a Roman citizen. You can't do this to me. Um, cause I have a lot of persecution from Christians. Well, you can't, you can't like the constitution. You, you're, you're too, uh, whatever they call that, you know, you're too nationalist or whatever. It's like, you just gotta be the kingdom first. I'm like, it's so a, you're it's a, the kingdom it's amazing totally ignores the constitution where if you go back to the founding fathers, when this nation was started, and they give up wealth and land and they give up their titles and their power to give what we have. And then you think about the first hundred years, like just the people being thankful for a land of freedom and the documents that they crafted and created. And, you know, it's not perfect, but it certainly is uh, better than anything else the world has. And so what started off in blessing, I can't continue <laughs> in this hour to speak. And it, I, it, it stinks because I get that kind of rhetoric from church people. And, and good friends, you know, that'll slam me for things I say or the, some of the stances I take. And 
interesting days we live in. But I do believe all of that is God awakening us. And I don't believe God wants us to throw the Constitution away. I mean, it doesn't trump the Bible, in my opinion, you know, but it, it also is part of the land in which I live. And when people say, well, you got to be Romans 13, you got to obey, obey the governors and the authorities. And I say, OK, I've taught my church and I teach people this all the time. The governing law of everyone in the land of, of the United States is the Constitution. So presidents and governors and senators and congressmen are all subject to it. So they don't have the right to become tyrants. They don't have the right to become. So I'm not, I can't ignore all that. <laughs> Sorry. You know. Well, and it doesn't even it doesn't even make any sense. I mean, the stuff that the stuff that's going on in our world right now and the leaders that are being put in office. I mean, it's almost I mean, quite frankly, I'm just saying unless you're just absolutely a flippant idiot. I'm just right. saying, I don't care who's listening. <laughs> Unless you're an idiot, how right. can you vote certain people into office when they can't even talk? How, like, did you marry somebody that couldn't talk? I'm like, I mean, you get me going. I'm like, are you serious? Why don't you go to a church <laughs> well, and have a pastor? Line that, that, the bottom get, line is that get a pastor that stolen. can't talk. It got stolen. Right. They didn't win. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's all, it's, it's so twisted. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And honestly, I don't know why you know, some of these radical patriots haven't risen up and done stuff that, you know, is illegal to change things. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know why, you know, uh, because there's the radical people out there doing crazy stuff. I think all that's brewing and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just a matter before people start popping off, you know? Well, and the crazy part is, is, is unfortunately he's a reflection of the people, you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like, it's amazing to me how many people quote unquote Christians have voted the way that they have voted when everything that has been put in office is almost against God. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And the thing is, is their minds get turned over. They don't realize it, but it's like, you know, you go like this and they're like, not even there. You right. have a, a conversation with them and talk to them about the things of God and what the scripture says and what's going on in our economy and stuff. And this isn't like a, a political type of, show here but it's like oh my gosh these people have been turned over and the the craziest part is they think you've been turned over they think right. you've been turned over oh, and yeah. been pre programmed by the trump whatever you know what i mean i'm like are you serious right and yeah. it's just like but i bet guess what now that they they got what they asked for i bet they're eating their own words you're going like huh maybe we shouldn't have done that maybe that didn't make much sense you know what i mean it's just it's just crazy Right. Well, but, we've identified, too, on another podcast I had with uh, Dr. David Robinson, who is a phenomenal hmm. leader and man of God. But you had him three... on. Yeah. Oh, do you know him? Oh, I love him. Yeah. yeah there's uh, three there's three uh, gates that we must possess. And and he identifies them as um, as government, business and education. You know, business because it pays for everything, government because it rules everything and education because it's what teaches our children the philosophies of, uh -huh. you know, our society. So I have a hard That's time awesome. with Christians that want to just be Christians and be spiritual and separate the, 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 I mean, we want to be spiritual they, on they, Sunday. They, they, well, they just want to be spiritual. They just want to say God and God only. And then whatever happens to this world happens. And I'm like, no, what happened to the, look at the patriarchs of our faith. When, they, when Abraham's time was around, go back and read Abraham. How many times did those people say to each other, to, as a blessing, may your children possess the gates of their enemy? 
I mean, that's that's powerful. I mean, that was a promise God gave to Abraham. You know, he goes, your offspring will, shall possess the gates of their enemy. Well, I'm Abraham's offspring. And so how am I taking the authority of Christ and in a loving, kind way, possessing the powers of the air so they can't so we keep them at bay so they can't have access. And the, if the church would rise up in this hour, we have the authority to actually take the earth back, you know, to actually take these governmental things back like. It's 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 so wicked, man. It's so wicked. Well, in but Deuteronomy I'll, I'll it says, I can't breathe anymore. <laughs> yeah, in Deuteronomy it says, I mean, just go, let's go back to scripture. It says that he is the one that gives us the power to get wealth, and then it goes on to say to establish his covenant on earth. It's not just for our foreign no more, but if we can really get that in the hearts of the the people out there, the the believers out there, to where they've digested the word to where it's become part of them. And, you know, if, if they're making a million dollars, they're not afraid to write a check for a couple hundred thousand dollars to the church. You know what I mean? That's, I really believe in the, the, the spiritual sense, if you will, you know, what's the power in the spirit? Well, the power is the Holy spirit, right? But in the natural sense, when you have resources, when you have money, you can get things done. If I had enough money right now, I could reach every piece of this earth and touch it and feed it or whatever. But the point is, is God's people need to rise up. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for the equipping of the saints, they need to rise up now and move into the calling that's on their life. They need to get in their prayer closet. They need to quit screwing around, you know what I mean? And because they went to, you know, some denominational church and they went through their program, now they have a pastor uh, title. How about actually get in the word of God for yourself and actually read the word of God? Right where it says, "Be uh, need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." How do you do that by studying yourself and show yourself approved well, to God? And, and here's the simplicity of how I look at the world. Give me it's all fire. Easy, super, it's super simple. When I started a church, my number one fear was because I was an evangelist, so that means I had one message with ten titles. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so uh, when I got into, I had two fears when I started the church. What the heck am I going to teach every week? And two, what are, <laughs> how am I going to explain the end times? And I got into a group of people down in Dayton, Ohio, who is like a group of scholars. You can look them up. JCStudies.com is Judaic Center of Christian Studies. You can look them up. JCStudies.com. And they, they're brilliant people. I mean, wait, they've already forgotten more than I'll ever learn. And so, but one of their uh, main scholar type guys, Dwight Pryor said he was the founder too. And he actually said this one time, he said, Jewish people, the Hebraic mindset doesn't think beyond the horizons of today. So say that Jesus, one more time. The, the Hebraic mindset doesn't think beyond the horizons of today. Mm. So what that means, what that means is when Jesus said, our father knows the, the day and the hour. Like you might, you, you could see signs. Jesus talked about signs that we would see, but he said, our father knows the, the day and the hour. And that's not for other people to know. And so the, a good Jewish person would say, anything that's beyond the horizon of today, my father has under his control. So I don't have to be an end times expert. But what I do want to be an expert in, what I really want to be passionate about is being about my father's business, which is the Great Commission. It's intimately knowing him and making him known. It's really simple. And if the church would get about the the, the assignment of, of being disciples, see here, this is a problem in the church because most Christians 
can't even they can't even define what a disciple is, let alone how to make a disciple. And I'm not picking on the church. I'm just pointing it out as a problem that we got to fix because we traded discipleship, making disciples, and we turned them into programs. Now, programs aren't necessarily wrong. I'm not saying get rid of all your programs because that's that can be really healthy. But every believer in the movement of the kingdom of God has to be making disciples. It's not a program's responsibility. It's not a church leadership responsibility. It's your responsibility to take your table inside of your house and break bread and raise up specifically raise up disciples. And so that's what we because if you raise up disciples, that's actually the evangelistic plan of the kingdom. Because you can disciple people into the kingdom even before they know Christ. You bring them to your table and you talk to them about Christ, even before they they believe or wh- however that works. I've done it many times with people. I just get them around. I get them tasting the things of God. Mm-hmm. I get them tasting yeah. my lifestyle. I'm a cool guy. I'm a masculine guy. I'm going to never cause. my life into you. You know what I mean? Like, I, And who cares about being cool? But I'm a masculine guy, right? So I can reach men. I reach men all the time for God. And way before they give their heart to Christ, I mean, I might even take a year before they get around to give their life to Christ, but they're going to be at a fire pit in my backyard. They're going to be in my office enjoying a cigar, whatever. You know, they're going to be with me doing life and and we're going to have this powerful exchange and they're tasting the kingdom of God. So the church has got to be about and see all these guys that I got going. I put high responsibility on them. Now you make disciples. You, you've got to do this with other guys. You know, once you get a year or two into this thing and you start learning and getting in the word, if you know A, B, and C, you can teach A and B to somebody that doesn't know anything. So we that's if we would get that going, we would we would fix a lot of things quick because we would multiply them. We would be about multiplication. And see, the problem is this, uh, George, the problem is this. We've got the largest churches we've ever had in the history of our country. But look at the condition of our of, of the morality of our land. So mm-hmm. we went for a big church and we lost our soul. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we lost a lot of things in the kingdom of God. I so. think you're, I think you're kind of like uh, John the Baptist. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't invite you to come and preach in my church. You, might, <laughs> you know what I mean? You might split the congregation and, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Right. The, the wussies, wussies for Jesus oh, will probably God. leave and they, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but it really is. It's like, yeah. man, God is stirring up. I mean, he could have easily prevented COVID. He could prevent all these things going on, but he's allowing it, you know, yeah. and it's like, what is he trying to do? What is, you know, do, do we have to get to <laughs> such a pain threshold that we change our ways? Do you really need to go through a divorce before you realize, you know, I need God and I need to stop yeah. sleeping around my wife? Do we really need to, you know, go through all this pain um, to change our ways? Or can we just come to the knowledge of the truth where Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And just make that decision for him. And make that decision that, you know what? The ways of God are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I came to Jesus. I came to the cross. That's great. But I need to tarry and wait. And I need to wait for what, Pastor? I need to wait for the Holy Ghost. I need to wait for the Helper to come. Amen. And and be filled with the power. right? So I can go on evangelize without the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. You meet people and they say they're pastors and they have no, they, they're not bold about Christ. And it's like, did you not receive the spirit when you believed? Like in Acts, you know what I mean? So I want to encourage whoever's listening today to, to come into that place to where if you want to be bold about the things of God, to 
you know, ask for and seek after the baptism of the Holy Spirit because that's when everything begins to change. That's when you don't become a world changer and a movement maker until you walk through that process. And, you know, um, it wasn't until Jesus, you know, the Holy Ghost fell on Jesus and he was like affirmed and, you know, in these things where he went out and that's when all the stuff started happening. Yeah, and suddenly. um, That's something that I know is on our, our talk sheet for the, for this not to jump around. I know you're navigating all that, but I wilderness the is talk a, sheet once. <laughs> wilderness is a powerful we have to experience because if I walked through about a four year wilderness period of my life where uh, I don't know if I would say that's where how I would identify with points of failure, but I had like these powerful aha moments. Um and it's kind of like it was when the spirit of God was sealing in me, really my sonship was in these times of pain when I couldn't get out of these predicaments in my own strength. You know, I couldn't make it work. Like, and to, for example, here's what I went through. I had a church of about 250 people in the first couple of years, you know, 14 years ago. So about two years into it, God started shifting some things and asked me a question you know, why are you jaded to the gifts of the spirit? Not against them, just jaded. I, I had some issues to work out. And I repented, gave, you know, really went through a whole day, a whole season of like repenting and just really feeling sorry. And like, yeah, God, I need, you know, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to go full mm-hmm. throttle. And so I went to the church that Sunday and told them my experience with God. And I said, um, I'm going full throttle on this. And I, I'm telling you because I feel like I failed you as a leader. And so that started this uh, shaking in our church. So anyway, we went from about 250 people, literally within a year, we were down to like 30 people, 30 or 40 people, people turning against me. Um, we wow. went from, we went from 80 grand in the, in the black, you know, two years in as a church down to easily 30, 40 in the red. And so that just started this wilderness time, but God provided in such miraculous ways all those days of the wilderness. I mean, just powerful. I mean, to the point where he gave us a, uh, you know, it was a $600,000 property. God gave us debt free, you know, to do our church in. And, and um, the way we got that was just really powerful, miraculous. And so, but it, but so God was providing for me in ways that I couldn't do it. And what he was doing was he was sealing inside of me, my sonship. And he took me into the wilderness. He took me into the pain. Because there's, there's actually two great prophetic words I have over my life. One of them has to do with being extremely hidden. No one can see you, right? You're concealed, you're hidden. Well, that kind of sucks when you feel like you got a message to preach to, to the masses, right? Like you're, like I, and I've been carrying that word for 25 years. You're hidden, you're hidden, you know, and, and I've had it confirmed in the most odd ways, prophetically. People that don't even know me speak this passage over me all the time. And I've had another passage that I really have, I don't even know if I've told five people this, so I don't want to go into the details of it, but it has to do with being established in a, in a really large platform. You know, right out of the scriptures, there's a specific verse, and I read it about maybe, this is probably six, seven years ago, God gave this verse to me, and I was in a time of fasting and prayer, and I read the Bible, I read this verse, and God said, I want to do that for you, I'm going to do that for you. And I threw my Bible, I literally, I literally just threw it about three feet in front of me, and I was like, yeah, that's that's me. That's not God. No way he's going to do that. The next day, one of our ladies on the prophetic team had a dream. 
and she saw a door and the door had the exact number of the verse on it. <laughs> so I just thought that was wild, you know, and I was oh, like, okay, good. maybe God is going to do that. But it's wild. Cause I was just sitting with one of my um, great friends the other day and I never put these together. He actually connected them for me. Cause I was talking about the being hidden and I was talking about this other verse and he actually connected him. He goes, he goes, well, God will never take, he, God doesn't want to take you to a place of high influence unless you've been hidden and concealed so you can develop your character. And so, you know, all those, just all the days of the wilderness and, you know, we, we lust in this culture and be careful not to do this in your business or in your assignment that God put on your life. Don't lust after fame, hmm. you know, be, be one who will endure in this Hebrew word that I love is emu na, which means faithful. So when we hear the word faith in the New Testament, the Hebrew word, it actually is referring about 90% of the time, it's, it's referring to the Hebrew word imunah, which means faithful. And when I heard that, it was so beautiful because sometimes, you know, I'm very zealous and passionate like you. And, you know, it's easy for me to think that faith is, um, you know, working it up and just, oh, you know, cast, you know, I'm going to renounce darkness. And, you know, I get into those modes and, you know, it's a powerful time. I love it. I'm not going to ever stop doing that. But faith was just waking up every day and, and living upright, being faithful to God. That's it. Like, that's the one who's going to endure and overcome this world. It's just the one who can wake up every day and say, no matter what comes my way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless the name of the Lord. I'm going to live faithful. I'm going to be upright. And so all of these things together, you know, they, they come into this picture of just sealing the sonship, just the wilderness time, um, the promises of God over your life. And, you know, one of the things, too, I want to give to everybody as a this is one of the key things I've lived my life by for 20 some years. It was a self-discovery out of the Proverbs when I was just a young punk and had no clue what I was doing. I read Proverbs 24 and it says, with wise counsel, you can wage your war. And I took that to heart. I was like, hey, you know what? That means if I have wise people around me like a counsel. I'm going to be able to fulfill my assignment. I just, I just saw it clear in the scriptures. And so I've always had for 20 plus years, I've always had between three and five people who are intimately close to the big decisions of my life. And that's how I've waged my war. You know why I didn't quit in the wilderness when I had $50,000 of red, I had 30, 30 people coming to a church. Uh, the church was in so much debt. It couldn't even pay the interest on our credit card. I mean, we're talking bad, right? Like, well, 99.9% .9 of the leaders I know would have quit. I thought I quit probably a thousand times, but I signed back up, you know, and I, I kept believing. And then there was this aha moment. There was a time when I pulled into this, this, the building we have now debt free. I pulled into it when it was a bar the night before and the next day it was boarded up and I drove my four by four truck over the snow and I sat in that parking lot. Now this is the <laughs> same week I was like, God, how do I shut a church down? I started when, how do I legally shut a church down? Am I going to have to pay off all this debt myself? I didn't know. I was quitting that week. It was done. I said, God, you brought me here in the middle of nowhere to kill me. Now show me my next assignment. <laughs> you brought me here to kill me. <laughs> you brought me here to kill me. And so I pull in that parking lot and the I, it's clear as day, the Lord speaks to my heart, right? And he says, I'm going to give you this property. And I was like, I believed it right away. I didn't doubt it. I believed it right away. I said, okay, Lord, I, I, I know you just said that to me. I know your voice. <laughs> 
And, and I just got excited because I said, all these prophetic words I've received, everything that God's spoken to this culture that we're building is God wants to do. So it took about a year later. And sure enough, you know, we got a, we got, we got, you know, we had one donor come forward and it was like a mystery donor. Uh, well, I knew who they were, but they were kind of not letting us know what they were going to do. And uh-huh. at, at how right crazy time, is that, that it was like right at that, like, you know, that 1159 God, right? We, we oh, laugh. Yeah. It's like, he's never early, but he's always on time. And it was, it wasn't oh, yeah. until, you know, you like this thing that you were building kind of you know, you believed it was God and I'm sure it was God, but there's something probably with the flesh that got involved. And then it wasn't until you said, you know, hey, I'm going to give this up. You know what I mean? You know, it's crazy because even though it was birthed, right? I'm thinking about Abraham and Isaac right now. Isaac was the promise. And if you were a type and shadow of Abraham and that promise was Isaac, you had to put Isaac, you had, I trust you, God. I don't know. And I don't understand, but I'm going to put this church on the altar and we're going to shut it down. You know what I mean? And yeah. that rep would represent a death, but there was that altar, that ram in the thicket, you know what I mean? Yeah. And God provided. So it's a, that's been an yeah. encouragement to me. And uh, I just love what God is doing in your life and everything. We're at time. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Awesome. Um, man, I could go on and talk with you for hours and hours and just <laughs> uh, share, you know, with what God's doing and everything. But you know what? Let's go ahead. And um, I'm feeling kind of an unction to have you pray. Um, why don't you start us off in prayer and then um, I'll just kind of tie it, tie it in and we'll wrap yeah, things up. And right, cool. right before we pray, um, I just want to highlight in our Grace Ops culture that you can go to our website, graceops.net, and you can click on the five star charge and you can learn about this charge that we put to men uh, of honor, affection, liberty, war and valor. And these are words and values that we really champion for men to it's not words you ever master, but they're just things that you're going to constantly, it's like an anvil. You're going to constantly put right. your life upon the anvil and be shaped by these words and bringing these into the culture that we have. So I really encourage you to go check that out. We didn't talk a lot about all that. We talked yeah, about- We're going to put all that in the show the notes culture. and stuff too. Cool. Yeah, the, yeah we'll, we'll do all that. So I appreciate yeah. the time here today. And yeah, let's pray, man. Well, Father, right. we, uh, Lord, I thank you for every ear that hears these words. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would, would seal them and that there would be something powerful that would inspire people to actually live upright and to actually stay faithful to the things of God and to the assignment of God on their lives. So, Father, I pray that through Entrepreneurs on Fire for Christ, Lord, I pray you would bless that, that you would keep that, that you would cause your kingdom to come into the earth through this these powerful resources that George is building out. And we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know, I'm just going to just agree with you and just, uh, man, just uh, again, you guys, this is Entrepreneurs on Fire for Christ. If you want to check out our website, all that stuff's in the show notes also with Brian's um, links and everything. But it's www.themasterspurpose.com. And um, there's a lot of free resources on there. If you go to the ministry tools, you can actually download a free devotional that'll take you through the word of God in a year. There's scripture memory books on there. Um, again, where, you know, they said your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So all those resources are available to you. They're absolutely free. Anyways, we just want to encourage you to to jump on there again. Thanks for joining us. Entrepreneurs on Fire for Christ, Brian Phillips with Grace Ops. And we love you guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Yeah.